Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Honest Teacher Podcast. I'm Mike Espinos. Now, as I record this, I am going to start by apologizing that the audio I had for the file, or for the episode I had recorded this week, had been corrupted, and it did not record well. I could not, in good conscience, put it out there. I'm going to attempt to re-record it. I'm going to get it out there again. Um, I'm going to give you guys an episode that I was planning to put out as a uh, as a Patreon uh, as a Patreon episode, but well, you know, you do what you can with, with what you have. There is some bonus content for this episode that will be available on Patreon. Um, so today we're going to listen to a speech that was given at the Illinois Education Association uh, Representative Assembly. It was from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School student Mei Ling uh, Ho Shing. She's addressing the Illinois Education Association Representative Assembly, and she is discussing a lot of the elements of intersectionality that are involved in being a survivor of a shooting, um, being a black youth in America, and just in general the expectations and stresses that she's come under um, since the incident. This is a very difficult episode to listen to in the sense that it's very tough to hear what she went through, especially if you're in a school every day and you feel the emotions of knowing what it could feel like if that was your school and how much the kids you love are around you and how uh, how much it would hurt to see the, the school and the students that you love just devastated the way they were. So thank you again, and as always, uh, thank you for listening. Wow, okay. <laughs> Well, first of all, I'd just like to thank the IEA for welcoming me to Chicago. You guys are super, just nice people. <laughs> um, I also like to thank Dr. Roslyn Osgood. She is a school board member of Broward County. Congresswoman Debbie Washerman Schultz for inviting me in and helping me write the Ammunition Background Check Act of 2018. I'd also like to thank all the teachers at Soman Douglas, MSD, and especially my Algebra 2 teacher, Ms. Lazarus. She was a teacher that we had to go through the terrible experience with, and she stood over us the whole entire time. February 14th. A day that was meant for love, big balloons, I was all dressed in red, something that was supposed to be positive. I was going to my Algebra 2 class, finished the Algebra 2 quiz, <laughs> and it was the last 10 minutes of class, and I was talking to a friend, and he was just talking, he, he got his girlfriend like a, a nice snow globe and talking about Valentine's Day plans. And it was the last 10 minutes of class. While we're talking, a loud noise occurred and it was like two banging noises. And I stood up, I put, picked up my bag, I was like, what is that? And my teacher was like, merely sit down. <laughs> you guys know how you are. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> and I was, you know, I was just like, what, you know, and we all just looked at each other, and then we heard a fire alarm. And we had a fire alarm earlier that day, and it took up most of um, the time during second period. 
Um, but today, but no one has a fire alarm the last seven minutes of class. And we just looked at each other and a few seconds later we heard gunshots. And prior to this, like a month ago, we went through a active shooter protocol. So we honestly couldn't be more prepared. My teacher ran and shut off the lights and we hid in a corner underneath um, underneath and by her desk. And when I tell you, she she's a pretty f frail woman, but she held up, she held up. She stood over us and stood up the whole entire time while this is happening. The sounds of screaming and gunshots still resound and embedded in my head from the floors above and below and within my hallways. The sounds of the crackling of the walls. And minutes later, First responders entered our classrooms. We're not, we're not allowed to let anybody in during a red, um, code red. So they smashed the window and invited themselves in um, with rifles pointing at you know us and you know, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. It, it's not a drill, it's not a drill. We were finally evacuated and we had to walk through bullet shells and finally got to the last floor. If you've seen all the, the videos, those are mostly where everything occurred. And we were told not to look down and look back. Me on the other hand, I'm not, if a police officer with a rifle to my face tell them not to look down and look back, I'm not gonna do it. Um, but some did. And no person should ever see such a scene like that with our own peers and teachers lying on the floor. We finally were evacuated out of that building and taken off campus and it took seven hours until my mother was able to get me because all the roads were blocked and at that time I didn't have a phone. So it was a hectic day. So that's just what February 14th looked like for me. I stand at the intersection of when a predominantly white and wealthy community faces gun violence, and when black and brown people are shot and killed on a daily basis. I am here today because on February 14th, my school, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, came face to face with the devastating reality of gun violence. I can still hear the screams of students and teachers from the floors above and below in the silent prayer I held with God. In the days that followed the shooting, I saw the faces of students who rose up against this tragedy. Alfonso Calderon, Emma Gonzalez, David Hogg, and Cameron Caskey, just to name a few. I started to see the cadence of the nation as they galvanized this movement never again. I stood at the intersection of my reality as African-American, female, reassigned student, and non-Parkland resident in a predominantly white school who knows these truths. 
women of color experience high rates of homicide when compared to whites. The statistics are alarming. Men of color are 13 times more likely than white men to be shot and killed with guns. So now that gun violence knocked on the doors of one of America's most affluent and jeweled communities, it was hashtag never again. America be a beautiful tapestry of uniquely interwoven threads, or it could be a mangled knot of our pre prejudice, privileges, anger, and fear. As I began to unravel the knot of my experience, the questions began. In the wake of the mass murder at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut, we said, never again. Yet there has been 240 school shootings since, with 438 people shot and 138 murdered, counting the one today in Florida, the outskirts of Orlando. Why wasn't it never again? Now 17 of our eagles. When Trayvon Martin was gunned down innocently, why wasn't it never again? Or the Pulse nightclub massacre, or the Charleston church shooting, why wasn't it never again? For me, the resounding message for, from these few classmates and joined by the nation was our lives matter more. There is no secret that gun violence is an issue and bowered in Miami-Dade County. Last week, an honor student at Northern High School in Miami was shot and killed. Black and brown students began to speak out and walk out. The media and nation was, has decided not to amplify their voices. Those at the forefront of this movement have been praised for being open to expanding their conversation to everyday gun violence. Yet, the black 11% of MSC students are saying otherwise. And so is the 40% of minorities that attend Stoneman Douglas that you do not see on national television. As if we are complaining just to complain. It makes no sense. To the US, the outsiders, that they have all of the facts. We are the ones that had to work extremely hard to have our voices heard. Every time we brought up gun violence in black and brown communities, the commentary was edited and manipulated in the final article. So we had to overcome many obstacles to even be able to raise this conversation to national attention. And at the end of the day, it had to take us getting on their level and looking them in their face on national television for them to even acknowledge this conversation. Now that we all can agree that no mother, mother should live in fear that when their child leaves to go to school, the mall, a theater, or even church, that they will not return. That bullets are equal and do not discriminate. Maybe now we could come together to work towards a solution for this problem. I believe that framing gun violence as a public health issue, allowing for research and funding towards successful gun violence, interruption programs, mental health and community service will help. 
stricter gun laws, providing this, prohibiting the sales of high-capacity magazines, closing the loopholes in our background check laws, and offering an award for those who turn in their guns. Equal resources and security measures throughout all schools. I will tell you I've never been so disappointed. My brothers and sisters that I grew up with who do live in these black and brown communities and attend those schools, when, I tell, when they ask me, how did you know to shut off the lights? How did you know where to hide? Where did you, how, did you know, what did, how did you know what to do? And I had to tell them, we had a protocol, active shooter protocol. How come they didn't know, they, they didn't know what that was? They didn't know what that looks like. What makes my life more important than my brothers and sisters? Just because of the school and demographic that I attend school in. Understanding that more police in schools and arming teachers makes black students less safe, not more. There's no reason that students at MSD need more social workers than students dealing with gun violence in Miami. In conclusion, no student should be living in fear of their safety. Teachers, staff, students, and administration are there to better our nation's future. Why should we go to school in fright? If a child could go to church and leave in a body bag, what world do we live in? Why should parents worry about their children's lives after kissing them goodbye in the morning? As a nation, we need to answer these questions and not ignore them. I am ready to stand up. I am ready to speak out. My generation is ready to lead and change this world. And I'm asking you to stand up and fight with us. Thank you. That was Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School student Mei-Ling Ho-Shing addressing the Illinois Education Association Representative Assembly. If you are interested in the content that was available in the question and answer that happened afterwards, please check out the available episode on Patreon. Uh, just look up the Honest Teacher Podcast and that's available for all Patreon subscribers there. Again, uh, I'd like to thank you guys for listening and I want to remind you that I will be at the Denver Comic Con in June between uh, the 15th and 17th. I'll be at the uh, ISTE convention in Chicago uh, between June 24th and 27th. I'll be at the NEA Representative Assembly uh, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, June 30th through July 5th, and I'll be uh, at the College DuPage on June 17th. Look forward to seeing you guys out there. And as always, be a teacher and change the future. Have a good one.